Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining me for my first ever episode of 10,000 More. I was inspired to publicly share my struggles with grief after I very suddenly lost my father in 2015. One of the hardest things for me to deal with after he died was the extreme isolation it caused. I was fortunate enough to have the most incredibly supportive network of friends and family members, and I have a husband who couldn't have a bigger heart. But it wasn't enough. No one understood the pain or panic attacks that would overtake me seemingly out of nowhere, crippling me for the rest of the day. But support groups helped me. Talking to people who've been through what I was and am still going through helped me. There's no magic wand anyone can wave to make your pain go away. When I first lost my dad, I started going to therapy twice a week. And I asked her how I get through this in the most time-efficient manner. She said she didn't have an answer for that. I offered her more money per session to try and figure this out for me. And still, she said, there's no how-to for this. Three years later, I can confirm that that is correct. What I found to be helpful and what inspired me to start this podcast is the power of community. People who've been through this, who know every nitty-gritty detail about the ups and downs of this process— People who know that grief is not linear, who know that great days can be immediately followed by a really horrible day, those are the ones who can help you. I want to create a space for you to feel validated, to know that your emotions or thoughts aren't weird, and to know that above all else, I will be your ally through this process no matter what. But before we explore various topics within grief, I think I owe you guys my personal story of how I got here. On August 11th of 2015, at around 10 p.m., just as my head had hit the pillow, my phone rang. It was my sister on the other end, and I could hear her breathing heavily. She said, Ruby, Dad's dead. I let out a blood-curdling scream terrifying my husband, John, who was in the shower at the time, and my neighbors, who were furiously banging on our door because they thought my husband was hitting me. My aunt and uncle, who were with my sister, took the phone from her and told me that my dad had gone to a shooting range. And when he got there, he opened his trunk, reached in to pull his gun out, and it accidentally went off, killing him instantly. I was hunched over on the floor in the fetal position for the remainder of the night. I kept repeating the words, I'm defeated, I'm defeated, because it was true. This was the first time in my life that there was absolutely nothing I could do to undo what had just happened. I'm not sure what sort of higher power I believe in, but whatever that power is, won that night. And you always hear stories like these on the news or Facebook or wherever, and you think to yourself, wow, that must be so horrible for someone to deal with. And then you move on with your day. 
I certainly was one of those people. I'm still one of those people. There are so many stories about tragedies or trauma that you just can't relate to. And I hear these stories, maybe I tear up, and I go about my business. But facing news like this about someone I knew and loved was something I literally never envisioned I'd have to do. I guess you could say I'd romanticize death. I thought when the time came, my parents would be the first to go and it would be from something like old age and everything would be in place already. I'd of course be sad, but because they'd have reached their mid-90s, I'd come to terms with the fact that it was simply time. To tell you I feel naive would be a dramatic understatement. I'm almost mad at myself for assuming nothing like this could ever happen to me. I was living in Baltimore at the time, so my husband and I flew back to Denver on the first flight the following morning. I expected the immediate moments following my dad's death to be a blur, but they weren't. They were crystal clear. I unfortunately remember every single horrific thing. I remember my sister's voice cracking when she told me what had happened. I remember collapsing to the floor from shock and physically not being able to stand back up. I remember our flight to Denver, dreading each mile we got closer to our destination because it meant my new reality was all that much closer to me. I remember pulling into the driveway of my childhood home, walking into the front door to see my mom sitting there, frighteningly pale. And the following months were spent with me in one of two states of emotion. I was either completely unhinged or in a stoic daze. I hadn't found a great balance of the two yet. And this torturous internal emotional tug of war was almost too much to bear. I can confidently tell you that I have never struggled with anxiety or social situations of any kind. I regularly used to wander off from my parents when I was a kid, and they'd find me shooting the breeze with perfect strangers. And then crowds started to become unbearable for me. Not even crowd, group gatherings of more than like four people intimidated me. Maybe some of it has to do with the fact that I didn't feel like answering people's insanely stupid questions about how and why my dad died. And then when I give vague responses, I was met with clarification follow-up questions as if maybe I didn't understand what they were asking. Actually, as I'm thinking now, I'd love to hear from you guys and do an entire episode about the uncomfortably stupid things people say to you in an attempt to console you. You can't see me, but... I'm doing air quotes when I say console you. But okay, joking aside, I know that people are coming from a good place and are genuinely concerned about my well-being. But I found that the more people I was around, the more people I had to comfort and assure them that I was okay. Think about that for a minute. People are so uncomfortable with the fact that you're going through something so horrific. The onus is on you to assure them that you're going to get through this. It's exhausting. My extremely supportive and loving husband knew that the only way I could heal and begin to move forward was if we moved back to Denver. And he was right. It was critical to my healing process. We moved in with my mom, and it was actually pretty great. Until she started dating. 
You guys should know that I pride myself on my extreme emotional intelligence, maturity, and humility. So I was trying to be very cool about the whole thing and tell her how happy I was that she was ready to find another partner to share her life with. I mean, the idea of her being alone after being with my dad for 31 years broke my heart into a million pieces. So I wasn't lying when I said that. But then she started dating this guy and it moved really quickly. And I had a really hard time because his presence provided a very physical reminder that my dad was gone. But I made every effort I could to incorporate him into our family because it seemed to me that he was going to be sticking around for a while, always inviting both him and my mom to dinner or any sort of family functions. But something wasn't sitting right with my mom in regards to my behavior. She kept alluding to the fact that I wasn't 100% supportive of this new chapter in her life, which truly baffled me. I told her, you know, yeah, I'm sad my dad is gone. I don't know how to make that stop, but I'm very happy for you and I really like this new guy. Uh, I forgot to add that in addition to me being emotionally intelligent, mature, and humble, I'm also an open freaking book. I lay it all out there. I won't let you interpret my feelings. I'll just tell you straight up. But again, she kept pushing and saying, "Mm, no, no, something wasn't right. And I must have been keeping something from her. That's what she told me. I finally had had it and told her maybe she's projecting some kind of insecurity onto me because I honestly don't know how I could be more supportive in this situation. And on more than one occasion, she mentioned to me how refreshing it was to be with someone who wasn't so depressed like my dad was. I angrily cut her off, telling her I didn't need to hear her compare her new relationship to my dad, who I should add was my absolute idol. But she did it again, and again, and again, despite my requests that she stop sharing it with me. So one night, last December, during a heated argument about this all, she said that one day when I was ready to talk about it, She would tell me more about my dad's deeply rooted depression issues. I said, no, we're going to talk about it tonight because I don't understand why you keep bringing this up. And there was this brief moment of silence. I asked her if my dad was hitting her and she said, God, no. And then another moment of silence. I said, dad killed himself, didn't he? She looked at me with tears welling in her eyes. I covered my face with my hands, took a deep breath in, and started sobbing. My grief shifted from profound sadness to bitter rage. Not an emotion I ever expected after losing a parent. I'm asking myself so many questions, ranging from how did it get to this point, to... Was it planned or a spur-of-the-moment decision to why wasn't I enough to live for? I've spent roughly the last year trying to understand the complexities of suicide, which I feel confident saying I think is close to impossible. It defies biology. Our instincts force us to want to live, to fight for our lives. It takes a deeply disturbed person to go through with something as violent as ending his own life. Coming to terms with just how depressed my dad was 
has been so challenging and surreal for me that I have yet to find the right words to describe it. And I feel like it manifests itself in anger at him. Prior to learning that his death was a suicide, I considered myself to be an advocate for mental health. I staunchly believed in the power of therapy. I didn't think we allocated enough resources to support mental illness. And I never believed suicide was a selfish thing for someone to do. And in honoring full transparency here, I don't know how I feel anymore because I would be lying if I told you guys I don't feel betrayed by my dad. In a horrible twist of fate, two of my very close friends lost their brother to cancer two weeks to the day after my dad had died. He was battling cancer for nearly a decade. He was young, in his early 30s. And I just kept thinking to myself, he didn't want to die. Literally, all he wanted to do was live. And there are people out there who aren't ready to die and who just want to grow up with their families. And you, dad, chose to die. Now, the old me and the me who knows better knows that people who die by suicide don't choose anything. They're sick. As sick as anyone with cancer or any other life-altering disease. But we talked on the phone that morning. He told me he loved me and how proud he was of me. And hours later, he ends his life. And there are some days when it's virtually impossible for me to tell myself that there was nothing I could have done or said to stop him. When my sister and I were babies, my dad used to sing Sweet Baby James by James Taylor almost nightly. As my mom wondered what to inscribe on his headstone, we immediately thought of that song, particularly the verse that says, with 10 miles behind me and 10,000 more to go. That lyric perfectly encapsulates the journey of grief and what serves as the inspiration behind this podcast. My hope is to keep these episodes relatively short. I remember right after I lost my dad, people sent me books or things to listen to that were extremely lengthy and required far too much brain power than I had to offer. But there's a lot to unpack about this topic. Maybe I offer you new insight. Maybe I just validate your feelings. Or maybe you're listening to me thinking that I'm insane and have no idea what I'm talking about and I couldn't possibly relate to you. Whatever it is, know that I hear you, I am here for you, and you have my unwavering support. Thank you for joining me. Continue to take care of yourself and know that you have an entire community of people who get you.